0: Hi, I'm Erin Hartz. Welcome to Grace Plus Boundaries, a weekly memoir in a podcast. I've realized through the past decade of my recovery that I learn the most about emotional maturity through listening to the triumphant stories of others. Are you yearning to unpack the effects of intergenerational trauma in your life? Do you want to stay true to your feelings yet also learn how to accommodate the sensibilities of your loved ones? I'm dedicated to cracking the code of combining boundary setting with grace towards one another. Educate, evaluate, and evolve. Let's do this together. Hi, welcome to another episode of Self-Care for Survivors of Trauma. Today, I'm going to talk about one of my favorite subjects. Yeah, you wouldn't think that emotional abuse would be one of my favorite subjects, but though it is very devastating, it's also been the biggest area of learning and growth for me. And it's a subject I need to keep coming back to as a survivor of trauma, because I feel very invalidated by the world around me. There's a lot of people that I meet in my experience that don't understand emotional abuse. And I feel like the media also portrays only physical violence or um, verbal abuse as As problematic in a relationship, but I know from experience that emotional abuse or mental abuse, psychological abuse, those terms seem to be interchangeable. Those are extremely damaging and have very long-term effects on a person's ability to be confident and um, move towards fulfilling their goals if they're in a relationship with somebody who gives out that type of abuse. So today I wanted to talk about what emotional abuse is and why is it harmful and then I want to tell a little bit of my story of what I've gone through realizing what emotional abuse was and finally at the end um, I just want to talk about why discussing this topic of emotional abuse is actually very validating for me and it is part of my self-care to talk about emotional abuse because I can get I can kind of gaslight myself. I can kind of tell myself that my reality wasn't true back then, and maybe I was overreacting about what happened to me in my marriage and all that. Um, It's really easy over time for me to take in those beliefs of the people around me or the media. Um, Recently, I watched a show uh, that there was talk of some abuse, and I was really triggered by that show because... The way they talked about verbal abuse and physical abuse um, didn't make any mention of the emotional abuse aspect of the whole thing, and that got me really upset because I know how important it is and how much I suffered because of emotional abuse. So, okay, so what is emotional abuse? So I'm not a psychologist, I'm not a therapist, um, I'm just a woman that has gone through this That and I've read many, many books about emotional abuse and I've gone to years of therapy. So, I mean, this is just all my personal experience that I really just felt like sharing today because I want to help validate anyone around me who's, who's going through this type of abuse because For me, it caused anxiety, depression, it caused really low self-worth and if you're going through that right now, I just want to be a voice that tells you that it's not all your fault and it could be because of the people that are in your life and that there is hope that we can change and move forward and we don't always have to feel that way. So emotional abuse, um, the way I saw it, is that I was in a marriage where my ex just instilled fear in me. And it was in very, very subtle ways. And it was in ways that were always in the, the isolation of our home or in the isolation of our car where no other person ever saw my ex doing this to me. It was so secretive and he would turn it off when we were around the family and he would, you know, seem like the nicest, most sweet person. Um, And then the second we got in the car going home, uh, he would start in and try to blame me for things and um, just, I think, just assert his dominance. So over the years, I didn't realize it was happening It took me until we, let's see, we were married five years and then we had our son. And those first five years of our marriage, I probably wouldn't have even ever noticed there was that big of a problem. I took everything to heart. I thought everything that was wrong with me was because of me. Um, He allowed me to think that it was all my fault and that I had the responsibility of controlling both our emotions And that I was supposed to make both of us happy all the time. um, And that it wasn't a partnership, you know, so I was so naive, I had no idea. um, And so I would just take on that burden and responsibility in that relationship to make both of us happy. And things were really good with us, like until we got engaged, and I had no idea that that was going to be the peak of our relationship. I had known this man since we were kids. I had known him since we were freshmen in high school. We ran cross country together. I mean, I knew him when he was a boy. And I know that there is definitely a part of him that loved me. And that's why it's so confusing because this type of person who maybe I would say is toxic, it really is a spectrum And this person is not diagnosed with any personality disorder or anything like that. So it's not my place to say that that's happening here. I have had certain therapists of mine ask if there was a personality disorder going on. Um, So I don't know about that. But I do know that there were certain behaviors that were dysfunctional in our relationship And because I was so naive and um, I didn't understand emotional abuse at all, I just allowed them to go on. And so that was partly because of me being immature emotionally. And so I do, in some ways, know that that needed to change about me. I didn't deserve being abused, but I do take the responsibility now To know I need help, I need people around me that are going to support me and believe me and listen to me. And so I take responsibility for changing and growing in my emotions so that I can hopefully in the future someday have a more healthy relationship. Um, So I wanted to talk a little bit more about the invisible abuse that I experienced when I was married, um it took a while, you know, like the first few years, there was a couple things that went on that I was just so confused about, Um and I didn't understand why my, my husband at the time wouldn't talk to me about these things that were really serious, you know. He'd act like it was all his own business, and I had... No place in discussing with him important things about our sex life or things like that, like it was his business of what he did with his free time. And yet some of the things that he chose to do with his free time were things that hurt me, and I was willing to talk about it. I don't know at that time if I would have been willing to seek help for it because it was so small, and I had friends at that, to me, or people would perceive it as so small. I had friends at that time who had similar things going on in their relationships, and they were like, oh, that's so normal, you know? Every man watches pornography all the time. Every man does this. Like, you know, who are you to want more than that? Like, that. you just have to accept it, you know? And I've heard that message from so many women. Um, I mean, like the times that I was willing to open up myself and even share that with someone. And then they'd come back to me, you know, really invalidating my experience and saying that, you know, they've just accepted it and okay, maybe that works for them. But for me, I really needed validation that I was, I deserve to have a partner that's at least willing to discuss and get help for an issue if they have one and willing to be open and talk about it and, That was what I wanted in my marriage, but I was so far from having anything like that, and I just had no idea. Um, So eventually what happened was we decided to have a child, and so our son was born, and for two years I was pretty much just doing the mom thing, and my ex really didn't help out barely at all with that, but he did go to work, and I was able to stay home with our son, which I really wanted to do. And I think my actually really liked that because then I was able to take care of all the, um, you know, all the things in the house. I was able to still cook and clean and take care of him. And I think he, he liked that because if I had been working, then I wouldn't have been able to do all those things to take care of him. And that was really important to him. Um, So it was about two years uh, that after our son was born that I started waking up a little bit. You know, our son started sleeping um, at more regularly and the breastfeeding was lessened. I had some finally some free authenticity, some three free freedom of my own to to take that hour and a half, two hours every afternoon to try and follow my dreams and um The first thing that came to me was I started to notice how much I hated myself and the the negative voices in my head. When I I sat down, I really wanted to be a writer, but I was so scared to even say that to myself. Um, And I heard all these negative voices talking about how I was not good enough and, you know, who would ever read something that you wrote, like you have anything to say, you know, it was just like all this negativity. And I realized when I would look in the mirror, I would just have self-criticism about my body, about how I looked. Every single time I would walk past that mirror in the bathroom, I would say something mean to myself. and I started noticing that, like, oh my gosh, I was I was pretty astonished, actually. I really hadn't noticed before that that I hated myself so much. And so I started seeking therapy. And with the therapy, you know, I started to realize there was a person in my life and my family that, kind of pushed me my boundaries and so I started to take steps to say no to certain things and then I started realizing that my husband was treating me unfairly in a lot of attempts there was a as I call the broccoli incident Um, I don't exactly remember all the details but it was basically that he'd just fly off the handle in like really inappropriate ways about something really small And I think during that time, I don't know, I made spaghetti one night for dinner and and we were gonna go sit outside on the weekend. We had this nice like sunroom where he had fixed it all up. So it was a beautiful place to sit down. We made a table there and set it all up. And I made, you know, spaghetti and broccoli. And I don't remember exactly what happened, but he was really mad about the broccoli. Apparently it wasn't the vegetable he wanted that night, or I don't even know. But it turned I I I feel like maybe someone threw the broccoli on the floor. I don't really remember exactly. All I know is that that incident was something I brought to my therapist and I said, I just don't understand what happened here. Like, I really took it as I had made a mistake, but I was starting to realize that like, this is ridiculous. Like, I serve broccoli and make a meal and set the table and make it all nice and now my husband all of a sudden is mad about some ridiculous thing like the vegetable choice. Um, It's so dumb, it sounds like, but it was one of those signs of the fact that I was being blamed for something that wasn't my fault. That wasn't something I realized before that time. And also, I started noticing that my ex-husband's moods were just really out of control, that like... All of a sudden, out of nowhere, he'd just find something to pick on, you know, about me. I guess it was when he was feeling not so good about himself or who knows. Um, And then he'd just find something, pick on it, get really angry, blame me. And I, back then, would believe him and, you know, backpedal and I'm sorry and, you know, try to fix his feelings. Um, And there was a similar thing like that that happened with some salad dressing one night where you know, he came home late from work and um, I had made him a salad but didn't put the dressing on yet and he got in this big angry mood about how he was like, I don't know how much salad dressing to put on my salad. Will you just put it on for me? And blah, blah, blah. I mean, it's so ridiculous. Like I feel so dumb even talking about this, but it was all these little moments and they'd sound like they're not serious, but these were the only indicators that I had about how outsized these emotional outbursts were in my life. And those were the little tiny signs that would come up. Like, I'm here home with the baby all day. He works hard all day. He comes home. I have dinner ready. And then there's this like emotional outburst that I'm supposed to deal with. And I, thankfully, at that time, realized that I didn't want to do this anymore. Like, why would I, every single night I'm supposed to fix this person's feelings? Like, he was just very depressed. He didn't like his life at that time and didn't like his job. And I, for a while, really tried to help him with that and soothe him. And I think I started realizing that I can't soothe this person. I can't make his emotional state better. I don't have that power before we had a child, I think that it felt like I had that power, and it kind of worked for a while because I was willing to take on that role, but after having a baby, I was so physically spent, and I was just, I didn't have the energy to to have a second child is really what it was. You know, it started to feel like my husband was my child, and that I'd have to deal with his crying and screaming every night, and... Um, So after that, I tried to take some steps, and I started um, talking to a friend of mine who was becoming a therapist, and she told me about codependency, and I started going to a group every week through my health insurance that was like a boundaries group, and so I would go there, and my ex-husband would throw a fit every Saturday morning when I would be leaving to go there he didn't like taking care of our son and he didn't like me leaving him with his dad for you know a couple hours and you know he would throw a fit he would lock himself in the bedroom my ex-husband would and sit on the floor bang on the floor cry and moan about how he he was too tired to take care of our son that day and I thankfully chose to go to my group anyway and to leave our son with his dad because I did think that his dad was putting on a show and I did not think that my son was actually in danger. And I remember my little two-year-old walking around and seeing dad acting so strange and just being like, what is going on? Daddy, are you okay? You know, that kind of thing. And um, I would go to my group and I shared about this and other women they're shared about how that's happened to them, where they started getting help for maybe their codependency or just their emotional needs, and their exes would um, really freak out about it and not want them to change, right? So, okay. Um, finally, I'm going to just finish off here by talking about how I'm just so grateful um, to have this platform. Yeah, I'm already like choking up because. I really needed to take care of myself this week by talking about emotional abuse, and I have felt very gaslit um, these last couple weeks for some things I've been going through um, with my ex and people acting like I'm overdramatic, um, thinking that there's a problem when there's no physical evidence of any problems. And you know he talks a really good game about everything, and everybody thinks he's a great person. Um, and so I really needed to talk about this because what I went through was real. And um, yeah, my ex never hit me. Um, he never punched a wall by my head. He, you know, things that I see in the in the movies. He never called me bad names or yelled at me in that manner he did things so subtly that it's just uh, so many therapists I have have had haven't recognized what I'm talking about like the intensity of the way my ex-husband would stare at me to try and control me trying to get me to do what he wanted me to do freaked me out I mean there were a couple times in our breakup where I literally had to leave the house because he was following me around with such intensity because I wasn't doing something he wanted me to do that I had to say, I'm leaving right now. Stop following me or else I am going to call the cops. And thank goodness because I had therapy right then and I had my support group through my healthcare that, I was serious about that, and I know he didn't want to have any legal action against him, so he stopped, thankfully. But, like, I'm lucky, and that's why I say, you know, it's a spectrum, because there are a lot worse stories than this, but I'm not saying mine's not bad, because did this cause a ton of emotional pain for me? Yes. Because of that relationship, I had so many markers of PTSD after leaving him. I would be... Um, I just had so much insomnia and fear. I would wake up in the middle of the night, um, just my heart pounding, fearful that someone was going to kill me. And it came out like, because I didn't understand what was going on. It was like I was worried all of a sudden that someone was going to break into my house and kill me. Or I was like, it came out in different ways. But now I look back and see that that was... Me re- my body reacting to the fear I felt with the person sleeping next to me, you know, and it's so sad. And I was diagnosed with depression and anxiety back then. And for whatever reason, I didn't quite believe it. I think I was still a little bit in denial and I chose not to take medication at that time. Um, and I somehow, because of therapy and finding support networks, I was able to get myself out of it. It took a long time. But um, I was able to deal with it. But thank you so much for listening. And I hope you got something out of this. And thank you for being there to help me validate my experience. And I'd love to hear from you all. You can uh, find me on Instagram. Send me a, a DM or give me a voicemail. I'll leave the number here at the end of the podcast. Tell me about your experience. And tell me what happened to you. Because... These kind of stories do matter. They make a huge impact on us and on our children, and I am so proud of myself. I don't know how I left that relationship. I mean, it's really God's will. I thankfully have my higher power with me, and, you know, my higher power helped me out of this relationship, or God, or whoever you want to call it, and um, now I'm sharing it with you, and... um I hope it helps. So thanks for letting me share and for listening, and I can't wait to hear from you. Bye-bye. You deserve a big high five and a smile in the mirror for showing up for yourself today. Thank you for your dedication to introspection and self-awareness, because our personal evolution is what will make this world a better place. If you enjoyed the episode, please give me a five-star review and share it with a friend. And let me know if you want to be a guest to share how you are navigating intergenerational trauma in your life. You're welcome to join my free monthly goal-setting workshop on the first Wednesday of every month. Just DM me at iHeartsAaron.